It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Sitka Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins is recovering from a broken leg sustained in a paragliding accident over the President's Day weekend in Anchorage. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Christ Tompkins broke both bones of his right leg below the knee on Saturday and underwent surgery later that afternoon. He was released from the hospital on Sunday. The mild weather in Anchorage over the holiday weekend was a chance for the Sitka Democrat to go paragliding with fellow Representative Laddie Shaw, a Republican. The 33-year-old Christ Tompkins says he and Shaw flew from Flat Top Mountain, a popular recreation area just outside of Anchorage. It was my first time flying there, needless to say. And so I I had basically taken a more conservative and also longer flight path, and so had much less elevation as I was approaching landing than would have been ideal. And so that resulted in kind of a, <laughs> a non-ideal landing. The hard landing broke the tibia and fibula in his right leg. Christ Tompkins says that he landed in the snow not far from the parking lot where EMS personnel were able to reach him without difficulty. Although Christ Tompkins and Shaw are in opposing political parties, he says they have something in common, a love of adventure. Yeah, he's a Navy SEAL and he was a Vietnam vet and he's, he's lived quite a life. And we have a lot of shared interests. So we've been friendly over the years and he had been sort of a source of encouragement to sort of pursue paragliding. Christ Tompkins traveled over the winter break to California where he became certified in paragliding. Christ Tompkins says he plans to be back in Juneau on Wednesday night. He expects to spend the next six weeks or so moving around the Capitol on crutches. Christ Tompkins says he'll take time to consider his future in the sport. I really enjoy being active and doing adventurous, outdoorsy things, but ultimately want to be sort of sober about cost-benefits. If you're on crutches for six weeks, you're not outdoors being active, so I'll have to evaluate what the cost-benefits going forward. I'm not quite sure just yet. The injury and subsequent surgery kept Christ Tompkins from participating in Tuesday's House floor session. However, he appeared telephonically in committee hearings on Wednesday afternoon. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Sitka Assembly is moving forward with a plan to install benches in the courtyard of Harrigan Centennial Hall after members of the public expressed frustration over delays. The Benches and Birds group presented its plan to the Assembly last fall, beginning with the initial installation of a bench to honor civil rights leader Elizabeth Paradovich in the courtyard of Harrigan Centennial Hall. But when the Assembly met on February 22nd, some organizers voiced frustration with how long the process was taking. Lee House designed the plaque for the bench. And it feels like we're back on track in executing the vision for the importance of placing the bench in a place of honor um, for Elizabeth Paradovich, who unequivocally made Alaska and this country a better place. With that, I do feel like sort of this process has remained in limbo for a conspicuous amount of time, and I think we're due for clear and transparent forward movement. City Administrator John Leach apologized for the delay. He said staff reviewed the plan and had concerns about the placement of the bench. The parking lot is a bus and taxi loading zone for tourists during the summer months, and this summer's cruise season is predicted to be record-breaking. Part of the city's short-term tourism plan includes changes to the traffic flow in the parking lot. And it really boiled down to 
space and passenger flow through the courtyard area. Uh, as you may or may not know, that courtyard was, uh, was designed with seating around it uh, to not have seating out into, the, out into the courtyard. So it's more of an efficient use of the space. Leach said they had proposed some alternative locations along the sidewalk next to the courtyard. But the location of the bench at the center of the courtyard was important to many, with the intention that it would replace the statue of Alexander Baranoff, which was moved in 2020. Lakota Hardin said that installing the bench would be a small step toward community healing. For us as Native people, this is always our history, one of this um, manifest destiny of genocidal tactics. And we've survived all that. And we live with that all the time. We, even if we want to ignore it, we can't. And so when you take an action like honoring this woman who, you know, did an amazing thing that, that affected everybody, um, it helps with that healing. Member Rebecca Himshoot said she was concerned about ignoring the suggestions of city staff, and she also hoped that in the future the city would develop a straightforward donation policy. In the absence of a really clear policy and process for accepting donations of memorial benches and other infrastructure, um, it's taking a long time. I don't think that the length of time it's taking is any kind of an indication of disagreement about how much we want to honor the legacy of Elizabeth Bratrovich. And I, I don't want us to conflate the two issues. Um, I do think the bench should be in a prominent location. I don't feel it's really appropriate for the assembly to get involved in that decision. But most assembly members wanted to stay the course and install the bench in the center of the courtyard, including Kevin Mosier. Unless it's a health and safety issue, I would, my preference would be for it to be in the center. Um, I understand the, uh, the flow and, and we are doing a lot for the tourists, but I guess the way I see it is we're kind of bending over backwards to help the tourists and, and, and that, because it will eventually help the town. But you know, it is, it's a beautiful bench and it is meant to honor someone who, who's worthy of honor. And I don't think it's undoable to have it in the center. I think we can, we can make it work. That would be my preference. Ultimately, the assembly directed the administrator to draft a memorandum of agreement for the first bench donation, which will be reviewed by the assembly at a future meeting. All-terrain vehicles are now street legal in Sitka, under strict rules adopted by the Sitka Assembly on February 22nd. The decision comes just two months after Sitka opted out of the new state law allowing the change. However, efforts by stakeholders to address some major safety concerns eventually won the Assembly approval. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. In Alaska, ATVs became street legal on January 1st, but some communities initially opted out of the new regulations. The Alaska Association of Chiefs of Police published a letter in opposition to the new law, citing safety concerns, and Sitka's Police and Fire Commission followed suit and unanimously called for the city to opt out. That was enough for some assembly members to say no to the new law, with the caveat that they would reconsider Sitka's specific ATV code in the future. The ATV rules the assembly approved on February 22nd are stricter than the state law that went into effect at the beginning of this year. Drivers and their vehicles must meet more safety requirements, like helmets for everyone, not just passengers, and pass a mandatory police inspection of the vehicle. And they must have both city and state permits first before taking a four-wheeler to the streets. 
ATV user Logan Cluding said he was initially worried about all of the additional requirements to make the vehicles street legal. You know, I was a little concerned about the price of uh, all the upgrades that we have to make on our ATVs right now. You have to have lights and, you know, upgrade so that it's safer, but I think it's still in the price range that you're going to get a lot of the community out there riding on the roads with their ATVs, which we've been wanting to do for a long time. Most public testimony over the last few meetings has been in support of ATVs on Sitka streets, but not everyone is totally sold. Here's John Dole, who said he wasn't against ATVs on roadways, but was still concerned about noise. They're just simply loud. From 96 to 105 decibels, it's uncomfortable to hear them. Just think about in the future, because I'm sure no one likes loud noise. Assemblymember Tor Christensen, who co-sponsored the ordinance with Dave Miller, said if noise turned out to be a big problem, the assembly could always revisit the ordinance and make changes. After the assembly opted out of the state laws, Christensen and Miller hosted a working group in January to craft the code changes. Overall, I think this is a good Sitka solution. And the list was collectively uh, come up with, and it wasn't any one person or one group. It was, and it went through police and fire. And, you know, I think it's interesting that the initial one was uh, put down Nobody voted for it on police and fire, and this, everybody voted for it. So um, I hope this works out. And but the nice thing about things like this is they're comparatively easy to change, and obviously if we need to. Only one assembly member voted against the ordinance. Kevin Knox had previously voiced concerns about tourists unfamiliar with Sitka operating ATVs on local roads. I'm going to continue working on finding a solution or a fix because I, I have a feeling this, this probably will, will pass here tonight. Um, but I, I do still re remain very concerned about a commercial operation opening up and having a lot of, of vehicles running around town that are, have operators that aren't necessarily the same. You know, they don't have the same level of knowledge and respect and, and care for our community that I would like to see people have. The code requires no additional certifications to operate an ATV beyond a driver's license. Assemblymember Rebecca Hemshute said there may be a need for a local ATV safety course in Sitka. I hope people who ride in Sitka are thinking about that and thinking about how to make, make our community as safe as possible, make our riders safe as possible, and maybe make riding more equitable because people who don't currently have access might enjoy learning how to ride. Ultimately, the ATV rules passed on a 5-to-1 vote with Assemblymember Kevin Knox opposed. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.